This is the Generations Radio Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you. Bill Jack from Worldview Academy with me as well. And today we're going to take a look at what's happening in Europe. Uh, Europe and the United States, of course, highest debt in the world, lowest boat birth rates, lowest testosterone. We did a program on that recently. Highest percentage of children born outside of wedlock. We're talking Sweden, Finland, Belgium, England, Spain, Germany, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, keep in mind, by the time our children are hitting retirement... The most powerful nations in the world, at least by population, will be China, India, Nigeria, Pakistan, Indonesia, Ethiopia, Congo, and Egypt. Only United States left in the top 10. That's it. Only United States will be left in the top 10 by the time our children are about approaching retirement. Because of population implosions, Russia will be in the ash heap. Japan will be a non-player. Germany will be a tiny little country with only 69 million people. UK as well. Iraq, Tanzania, Afghanistan, Sudan, all bigger than the UK and Germany. Power shifting from west to east. There's no getting around it. As judged by the annals of world governance, the great maxim for assessing world power has always been population. Always been population. It's technology, yes. But technology and population. And of course, the world is on board with uh, technology, as is China and India and all of the African nations they support. By the way, you go to Ghana or you go to Zambia or Uganda or one of these African countries, and you're going to find Chinese equipment everywhere. Chinese symbols everywhere I went. uh, The Chinese are doing everything they can to take over Africa, my friends. It's just happening. I mean, come on. Power is moving to east and to south. Get this straight. That's what's happening, my friends. It's not going to be Europe and America ruling the world as it did for the last 150 years. When nations give up the will to bear children, they give up the will to carry on a civilization. That's what's happened to Europe. That's what's happened to this burned-out apostate white European population, my friends. When nations give up the will to bear children, they give up the will to carry on a civilization. At the turn of the 20th century, get this, Bill. Seven out of ten of the most populated and powerful countries in the world were Western nations. Seven out of ten at the turn of the 20th century, and they ruled the world. Yep. Okay. That's the way it went. Russia was the third largest. U.S. was fourth largest, followed by Germany, Austria, Hungary, Japan, the U.K., France, and Italy. That was when Europe and America ruled the world. That was in 1900. Anybody remember 1900? Okay. Europe and America ruled the world 1900. Now, you think you're going to rule the world for the rest of uh, the world's existence on planet Earth? No, that's not going to happen. By 1950, only five out of the 10 most populated countries in the world were Western nations. By the fall of the West, right now in the 2020s, only two out of 10 of the most populated nations claim Western heritage. Russia and the United States. Russia is slipping to about number 20. In the next 20 to 30 years, that's why Russia is so panicky. Russia is panicking right now. Of course, you know, it's going to touch off a world war or something like that just to try to stay in the game. I get it. I get it. Russia's trying to stay in the game. Russia's been in the top 10 for the last 150 years. I mean, it's going to be hard transitioning into, you know, being the armpit of, of Europe. That's, that's hard. It's a hard transition to make for Russia. As it has been for the UK, France, and Italy. Okay, so Bolshevism, Marxism, the legalization of abortion, destruction of the family ruined Russia, imploding its birth rates ahead of the rest, rest of the West. They've been losing millions of, uh, of their population, largely because the Bolsheviks took over and destroyed the nation. So not much Putin can do about that. According to forecasted trends, only two nations will remain the list of the top 20 most populous and powerful nations in the world by 2050. 
So it's the end. We're at the end. Between 2020 and 2050, it will be the end of the West. It's over, my friends. It's over socially. It's over economically. It's over politically. It's over geopolitically. That's right. We're done. It's over. Germany will slip to a negligible 23rd place. The UK to 26th place. France will barely beat out Niger and Mozambique at the 28th place. <laughs> France is gone. Goodbye, France. The other 18 nations poised to control the world economy in the 30-year span from 2020 to 2050 will hail from south and east. Whether the United States, the only Western nation left of any size, could retain its national integrity given the disintegration of values, the loss of its national heritage, the multicultural disunity that prevails, that's another question altogether. Doubtful America can stand against the other 19 countries. <laughs> America versus the other 19 countries in the world trying to fend off. Uh-uh, ain't going to happen, my friends. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the end of England. England has had a thousand year run of Christian rule since Athelstan established Christian law in the year 930 AD. Well, that's all over. The Hindus have taken over. Be back with more in just a moment on the Generations broadcast. What happens when a culture that was established and guided by biblical principles abandons the faith and seeks to live by its own wisdom? In his latest groundbreaking work, Epic, The Rise and Fall of the West, Kevin Swanson unfolds the dramatic history of Western civilization, highlighting the phenomenal impact that Jesus Christ and his people have had upon the thought, culture, and institutions of the Christian West as well as tracing the slow but devastating decline of Western civilization and the key factors that have led to our spectacular fall over the centuries. A sobering narrative of gospel hope, this book urges its reader to greater fervency in the work of discipleship and the development of an international vision for the church. This is truly a must-read for any Christian seeking to understand the times and seasons in which we live you can claim your hardcover copy of Epic, The Rise and Fall of the West by visiting generations.org slash store today. That's generations.org slash store. And we are back on the Generations broadcast. Bill Jack from Worldview Academy with me doesn't get a word in edgewise. You know, I, I, I sit here in amazement and, and realize that you rarely, if ever, take a breath. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. you, you must have a one-way airflow. Well, I apologize, my friend. <laughs> uh, I, I, no, do, it, I do respect it, your opinion. It, 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 <laughs> is, it is instructive and, and always a pleasure to be here because you, you approach issues and topics from a different perspective than just the average radio. Well, talk we want to give people an update on history. I mean, so, that's part of what we are. We speak to thousands of homeschooling families yeah. around the world and give them a historical perspective. I think it's helpful. But, um, but that's that's one of the joys of being here. Mm-hmm. It, it's just I, I walk away and I go, "Wow, that was that was a particularly interesting insight <laughs> and and something I hadn't thought about before." And so it, it's always. Uh, Educational and um, mind expansive. That's a kind way of saying you blow my mind. (laughs) And you interrupt me constantly. (laughs) All right. But Bill, let's talk about what's going on in the UK. Uh, I think Liz Truss got 24, no, 44 days 
I can't Something remember. Like she that. lasted 44 days. Yeah, it, it was the shortest uh, PM stint yeah, ever. In the, in the history of, of the UK. Okay, so after a thousand years of Christian rule, I, I guess I calculate a thousand ninety years. Okay, we did the subtraction offline. And we came down to 1,090 years since King Athelstan. By the way, Athelstan is who? Athelstan is the grandson of King Alfred. Mm-hmm. King Alfred is the king, not of England, but the king of Sussex or Wessex. I can't remember if it's Wessex or Sussex. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, you know, further west and south. Uh, so King Alfred, you know, fended off the attacks of the Vikings, but his grandson was able to collect control of all the tribes throughout the island of England and became the first king of England. He was celibate, by the way, because he didn't want to create a dissension among his relatives. Very interesting. Hmm. He, was a, he was a very godly Christian leader, and he brought Christian law, as did King Alfred, but he brought Christian law into the English Isles. And so now you have 1,090 years of Christian rule. Now, you had some bad Christians, no question about it. You know, okay, Charles II, I get it. James II, I get it. Uh, William the Conqueror, yeah, okay, and some of his progeny. Bad people. King John, bad. Okay, I, I get that. But you have an overall Christian approach to law. You're never going to have perfection. In fact, King David had a few issues. Yeah, and, and his, his progeny. Yeah, yeah, successors too. Yeah, we we get that. Yeah, but but here's the point: is that we have a common grace that extends across Europe, thanks to what happened in England, and what happened in the Christianization, the mission work that was done by thousands and tens of thousands of missionaries over a period of about a thousand years, beginning, I'm going to say, in roughly 240 A.D. Might have been eh, closer to 130 A.D. when the first missionaries make it into France. Okay. Uh, up from Antioch. So you have, you know, people moving up from Antioch into modern day France and they are planting churches in the roughly 130 AD. It's possible the Apostle Paul made it to Spain. We don't know. Uh, but you have at least a thousand years of influence. And then you have a, a period of about a thousand years where Christian law and a Christian worldview has a tremendous influence upon the entire Western world, and of course that snowballs into other nations around the world thanks to uh, the, the, the Western view of charity and the Western view of uh, handling freedom issues. You know, Political freedoms become very popular. By the way, China has never been very big on political freedoms, ever, no. ever, ever. The legalists have made sure that's not going to happen. But, uh, but by God's grace, tremendous freedoms, tremendous use of charity, a tremendous... Uh, uh, Honest system of economy, uh, honest money uh, was em- employed until John Maynard Keynes in 1930. So we have a period of a thousand years, a millennium. I'm not saying it's the millennium, but it was a millennium in which Christian missions and Christian law predominated until yesterday. So yesterday is the end of the millennium. There was a lot of that millennium. splashover effect of the gospel. The gospel splashed oh, over into economics. And amazing. It, it splashed over, over into liberty. It yeah. splashed over into law. Yeah. It splashed over yeah. into the arts. And it just yeah. and that's what that's what the beauty of it, the gospel yeah. is. It's not just a privatized religion. Amen. It splashes into culture. It splashes into civilization. And it washes things clean. And and yet another reason to buy my book, Epoch, The Rise there you and go. Fall of see, the West. See how I set you up for that, You Kevin? did. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a softball. Yeah. Just hit that out into the parking lot. All right. So 
so so what happened? Well, after a thousand ninety year run, and by the way, that's not a bad run. That's a pretty good run. After a thousand ninety year run, finally, Liz Truss, this uh, well, this young woman who's trying to save England, didn't. Basically, yeah, <laughs> she didn't. She was a conservative. That's her first problem. But uh, she couldn't save England. She failed under the Conservative Party, and so now we have a Prime Minister of Hindu persuasion, Rishi Sunak, who takes the helm at the lead of the nation of the United Kingdom. So after a 1,090-year run, Christian rule of England is over. Well, the Queen died. That was the last of the Christian queens. and So I think it's fitting that we get a Hindu pagan take over the helm of what used to be a Christian country. Yeah, it's symbolic of what has been going on. Yeah, because the decline has happened over a period yeah. of 200 years, yeah. so no question about it. And don't forget, John Maynard Cain comes from England. Yep. His, uh, his mother-in-law grew up in the manse belonging at one time to John Bunyan. Mm. Keep that in mind. So he is the progeny of, uh, of Christians. And as were most of the apostates that destroyed the Christian West. Well, big changes in the Western world. Queen Elizabeth is out. Prime Minister Liz is out. Boris Johnson wasn't exactly the hope for the Western world either. He wasn't going to save Western civilization. It just wasn't. No. I mean, you know, come on. Three marriages, children born out of wedlock, total mess. The man looked like a mess. Still I does. Mean, he still does, yeah. yeah. Do something with that hair, but yeah. there's more than the hair, right? It's more than the he, hair. There's a character issue yeah, there. He's not just disheveled mm-hmm. in his appearance. He's disheveled in his uh-huh. character. Yeah, exactly. And then France's head of state, Macron, married his junior high teacher, 20 years his senior, is an adulterous thing. She ditched her husband. It just, you know. Macron is agnostic, so he's not a Christian. Germany's head of state is also an atheist or agnostic. He took his oath of office without a reference to God. Uh, Spain's president's a socialist and an outspoken atheist. So here we go. This this is where Europe has gone, and uh, it would not surprise me if Hindus take over Europe very soon. Not just England, but all the other nations that uh, have apostatized. Apostasy happens, but it's a, it's a short-lived thing. And then eventually the pagans come in. Ms. Trust was a 16th female head of state out of 45 European countries. And by the way, female heads of state is a temporary anomaly as well. That will last 10 to 15 years as a stopgap, and then it's over. It's over for Europe. That's it. That's the end of it. It was a temporary dalliance with free market, by the way, 44 days with Liz. She, she tried the free market thing, but then she wanted to reduce taxes while increasing debt. A very bad strategy, especially right now with bonds not doing all that well in the UK market. Uh, England is back to socialism, cold on Brexit. Uh, that's where England's going. Now, let's take a few minutes and talk about the second largest economy, arguably the first largest economy on the PPP index. China, now the largest economy in the world on the PPP index, uh, experiencing turmoil at the top. This is what's very interesting. As Europe turns more socialist, China is becoming more communist. The Hong Seng Index, of course, has crashed, and largely because nobody wants to invest in communist stocks. You know, <laughs> well, you know when, when, you're, when, when your stock market's turning communist, it's hard to want to invest 
much in the free market. And this comes after the president and general secretary of the Communist Party, Xi Jinping, increased his dominance in national government's last uh, weekend, assuming a third term of five years, which was not a precedent. So it was against precedent. It was a grab for power. No question about that. The Chinese hegemony is uh, tightening right now. Over the weekend, political maneuverings at the highest levels result in the yanking of the number two national leader, Premier Li Qingqing, who was known to advocate free market policies. So the premier was put on ice, the free market, uh, went on ice, was not supporting the official positions of Xi Jinping. And Xi Jinping's a hardcore communist, not allowing for any more freedom for China. And that's why, of course, American investors are pulling out. Their stock market has dropped 74% in the last year. Now, when you say that in China, somebody's put on ice, it's almost a literal It could statement. be ice. Yeah, it probably yeah. is ice. Yeah. yeah. In fact, yeah. it's really interesting. I don't know if anybody caught this little piece, but uh, the former president was sitting right next to Xi Jinping in the big meeting. And the, the guys in sunglasses show up. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the guys in shut. Yeah, got two guys in sunglasses show up and and pull him out of the meeting. The excuse was he wasn't feeling well. He certainly isn't now. C- kind of reminds me a little bit what the mafia does to the the guy yeah. sitting right next to the mafia king. You know, he gets the baseball bat treatment. Right, and, baseball and, bat to the back of the head. Uh-huh. Yep, that's what happens in communist China. Z pulls out the free market guy on Saturday, the second command, and now Z gets a blank check to do whatever he wants. Did, I think that's did, what's did, happening did, here. Did the guy say something in the meeting that I have no, Nobody it? really knows. There was a little whispering back and forth, and then he was on ice. Whoa. Yeah, it just went pretty quick, actually. Uh, so Xi Jinping gets a blank check to do whatever he wants. He's a demagogue on steroids at this point, leading the most powerful country in the world. Wonder what's going to happen next. Now, we do know that God is in control of the geopolitical realm, and whatever happens will be according to the dictates of Almighty God. Yep. So we know that you know the, the king's heart is in his hand, and he will turn it whithersoever he will as the rivers of water. So we, we understand this principle, but and that's, that's I think the, we, uh, we need to understand that we got a demagogue on steroids running the most powerful country in the world. Yeah, that's the anchor that we have is the sovereignty of God. He, he is not blindsided by this event. He's not taken aback. He's not going, what do I do now? He's not wringing his hands going, no. oh boy, got to send the helicopters and pull my people out. Pull them off the, the roof of the hotel in Saigon. Oh boy. Yeah. No, no, this is all working out according to his sovereign plan. He also raises up kings for a purpose, to bring them down. Yeah. And he does that over and over again. And he does it for the benefit of his people. Remember, Jesus is head over all things to the church for the benefit of the church in China. That's a little piece that Xi Jinping isn't bringing into the equation, I'm sure. Yep. Well, my friends, here's one more little takeaway, and I think we need to address this because the Roman Catholic Church keeps renewing its agreement with the communist Chinese government to allow Beijing to choose their bishops or their pastors. Bishop is the word for pastor among the Roman Catholics. So since the agreement was inaugurated in 2018, apparently the communist state has appointed six pastors. Now, Bill, that's a really bad idea. That's about as compromising with the beastly principle as you can get. Yeah. To whom does the pastor owe his allegiance? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, let's wrap this up. Where are we geopolitically? Well, a couple things. Number one, it'd be nice if we had a free country left. 
the elections are in the hand of God. And the next two elections occurring over the next two weeks will be the most critical elections, I would say, in a thousand years of world history right now. And mm-hmm. I don't think I'm exaggerating. I'm, you know, I'm the guy who's spent the last five or ten years of my life reading, watching and reading and writing uh, books like Epoch, the Rise and Fall of the West. And which is, I, which is looking, available on your website, if I'm not mistaken. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to have somebody come in and do a sales pitch for us. No, um, but these are going to be critical elections. Brazil will happen over this next weekend. The U.S. is happening in two weeks from now. Now, of course, the hearts of the people that matter. It's really the hearts of the pastors that matter, as we've said before. And I think we've got two significant countries. Brazil. I haven't mentioned Brazil. Brazil is going to be in the top 12 to 14 most powerful nations in the world in 2050. So Brazil is still up there and arguably one of the other wild cards in terms of freedom. It's possible that if a Bolsonaro or some evangelical who has a proper biblical worldview is able to come into play somewhere Economic freedoms might survive somewhere in the world, like Brazil. Right. You know, now, of course, the the tyrants, that is CNN and all of the communists that rule the universities, the communists that rule the media today, will do everything they could possibly do to destroy national economies and to increase the power of governments to control national economies and to persecute people, as well as to kill babies, implode birth rates and do everything that liberals like to do. But uh, if, you, we want, if we're in the business of salvaging civilizations and establishing God's law and defending human rights, I mean real human rights, by, by binding back the tyrants, it's only going to be evangelical Christians that are rooted and grounded in biblical law that will salvage freedoms somewhere around the world, and that's precisely what's happened in the Western world since Athelstan and Alfred. So it's possible. It's possible that freedom might survive somewhere in the world in the next 30 to 50 years. So I, what, what can I say, Bill? Just pray, pray, pray that there will be somewhere to go. Yeah. If we're going to protect our children from being slammed into gulags and prison camps in the year 2050. So that's, that's one issue. The second is this. I want everybody to understand the principle of ebb and flow when it comes to the influence of the kingdom of God around the world. The year was 1370. The year was 1370. That's a few years ago. There was not a nation on earth that would have gotten behind John Wycliffe. It was as if it was John Wycliffe contra mundum. It was John Wycliffe against the world. Seriously, when he opposed the statist approach to to the church, when he was standing opposed to the unbiblical doctrines of the day. And when he translated the word of God into English, he was on ice. Now he died before they got to him. They eventually dug up his bones and burned his bones. So that's what they did with Wycliffe. Yeah. Oh, oh, scare me. I'm sure he thought. (laughs) (laughs) Too late, too late. Uh, But the year was 1370. There wasn't a nation on earth that would have gotten behind John Wycliffe. It was the whole world against one guy. There was not a nation on earth that would have supported Jan Hus, the guy from Poland. Excuse me. Czech Republic. We call it Czech Republic, right? Right. There might have been only 10,000 Christians left in the world by AD 1450. Now, I'm just guessing. I mean, there were some Christians. Uh, There were the Garrett Groats of the world. There were the Thomas Akempuses. There were the uh, Valdensians. There were some. 
So it was probably in the tens of thousands, you know, in a population of 10 million. There, you, you still had the 7,000 that had not bowed the knee to Baal. The point is, though, in terms of leadership, there was only one guy who was willing to stand up and oppose the world. That was John Wycliffe. And not a single nation would have supported him. Now, that's ebb and flow. There, this is the ebb. There's not a lot of flow going on in 1370. It's massive ebb. And one guy standing in the tide. So, you know, what does, what does God do? Cheer up, big guy. God always has his remnant. We don't know what God's going to do next, but, you know, be John Wycliffe. Go disciple 12 Lollards. He called, called them Lollards. Handwrite 12 copies of the English Bible. Oh, wait, we don't have to handwrite copies of the English Bible. Just, so, I, I've, got, I've, got, I've got 40 copies yeah. in the basement, so if anybody needs extra copy, just write <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> yeah, we have access to the Word of God. Unless, so, unless so this is not burned, rocket science. Unless well, they're going to be burned. Unless they burn them all. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, that's going to take some work. Use, use them to, to stoke the fire. That's going to take your, some work. Now, North Korea, was able to, fire, yeah. North Korea was able to pull that off. But go disciple 12 Lollards, handwrite 12 copies of the English Bible, and get started. And, and, and see what happens in 150 years. Now, friends, I want you to step back for a moment and, and ask, okay, so this is massive ebb. This is John Wycliffe and some of his friends against the whole world. And about two-thirds of his friends are going to be burned at the stake over the next 150 years. All right, so, so here's the project. We're in an ebb, and for the next 150 years until roughly the year 2180, y'all are going to have to disciple 12 of disciples and <laughs> hand that off to your progeny and just keep doing that. And two-thirds of you will be burned at the stake for the next 150 years. Stick with it, my friends. Stick with it. You mean that we are going to be cut down to a small remnant for 150 years while God works his plan? I don't know, Bill. Do you have that kind of patience? See, that's why I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of glad for God shortening the lifespan of people, especially right after the flood. Just think how frustrated I would be, and how depressed I would be if I knew I was going to live almost a thousand years, and it would take that long, you know, for anything to occur in my in my ministry. Well, and obviously for God, a thousand years one day, one day a thousand years. So, you know, this is God's timing, and I think we want to feel like we're making progress, but then we go. through these historical setbacks and it's hard on us but it's for us to strengthen the things that remain stay on task stay on mission disciple the nations disciple the five children there in your living room just stay with it friends shore up what you can work off of the heritage don't throw away the heritage of faith and freedom use our curriculum if you like because we we're bringing out the heritage of 2000 years of Christianity and we're shipping it around the world to every Christian family we can find translating these in 10 different languages such that we will carry the heritage of faith and freedom into the next generation and the next and the next and perhaps by God's grace by God's grace a haven of freedom will develop somewhere around the world but for right now we better start the business of discipling our children. And that's why the family discipleship curriculum provided by Generations. Be sure to catch some of this at our website. Now, you don't have to buy into all of it, but there are some, I think, uh, premier supplements that I'd recommend for every Christian family, and that would include something like the story of freedom. I would include uh, Epoch, the Rise and Fall of the West. That's our 12th grade's Western Civ. That would include America and God's Providence. What a great heritage we received. Pass that on to your children. 
That would include preparing the world for Jesus, taking the world for Jesus. That would include the first six grades of taking Africa for Jesus, taking Europe for Jesus, taking Americas for Jesus, taking Europe for Jesus. Uh, these beautiful four-color presentations for our little first through sixth level students. Uh, excellent. I would recommend them for every nation around the world. We, we did it as a multinational effort so that every Christian family in any nation around the world would benefit from uh, this heritage so that we are giving our children. What I hear you saying is they don't have to buy everything, but they better. Okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Bill. <laughs> they better or else. All right. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast, friends. All of our resources at generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson and Bill Jack inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.